Welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into the, how the internal narrative of an individual determines the response to life itself and all it entails. Today, I am your host, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of a deep dive into the book called The Last Days of Hitler. So do enjoy our first song, and we'll get straight into it. I'm feeling old, but it's better being no man. story how I got this book apparently many years before I was born my mother and father were walking through a town leisurely and they found the secondhand bookshop and in one of the the book bins I guess they found this book called the last days of Hitler now um, it's not a, a common read that people go to I don't think that if you walk into a bookshop the first thing you look for is anything to do with Hitler to be honest but I actually grew up with my parents being quite into history and this was something that I was actually very excited to read. Um, I also first gave this to my, my teacher, well, my ex-high ex school teacher, and she read through it and she also is a lover of history. But she found that she didn't enjoy this much as she had intended to or anticipated to have enjoyed it. So as I started reading it, it was also quite an interesting thing to dig into. There's a lot of facts and I'll go straight into it. So 
according to some of the the book uh, statements behind it, it says that in September 1945, the circumstances surrounding Hitler's death were dark and mysterious. You, Trevor Roper, an intelligence officer, was given the task of uncovering those last few weeks of Hitler's life. His brilliant piece of detective work proved finally that Hitler had killed himself and also tells the story of the last days of the thousand-year Reich in the Berlin bunker. So that was initially the, the, I guess, the story that he dives into, basically finding out what happened to Hitler and what was the... I guess, the, the, the proper story behind it. In that time, there was a lot of information being circulated about what Hitler had done and if he really was the, the terrible man that people painted him out to be, maybe he was being controlled by some other party. Um, and also what had happened at his death and who he married and why that mattered. And so some of the, uh, the, the I guess, the comments on the back of the book, it says that it's an incomparable book by far the best written on any aspect of the Second German War. A book sound in its scholarship, brilliant in its presentation, a delightful historians and laymen alike. No words of praise are too strong. And that was by A.J.P. Taylor in The New Statesman. Uh, the Daily Worker said that, uh, absolutely enthralling, it is all there, the fantastic comings and goings, Hitler's last-minute marriage to Eva Braun, or Eva Braun, apologies, and the supposed suicide and ritual burning of the corpse. Um, the Sphere actually commented and said that Professor Trevor Roper is not only an historian, but an intensely readable one. Qualities that do not always march together. And I personally will testify as to say that never was a document more devastating and pointed than this epitaph and at the state of mountbanks to all who accomplished their fearful desires. So I'm just going to jump into a couple pages in the beginning. There's a, a map right in the front of the, the book, and that shows of the sketch of the central and west Berlin. The foreword was written by Marshall of the RAF Lord Tedder in the GCB. And there is a little bit of an acknowledgement that I'd like to read through. And it says that in preparing this new edition, I relied on the expert help of many friends. Mr. Brian Milland of the Cabinet of Office Historical Section, uh, Dr. Alfred Wiener and his uh, assistants in the Wiener Library, London and Dr. Paul Pluck, the director of the Institute für Zeitskirche in the Munich, have helped me on recurring problems of detail. Mr. Charles Winter, deputy editor of the Evening Standard, has drawn for my benefit on both his files and memory. Professor Duncan Gardner, the late Regius Professor of Medicine in Oxford, and his colleagues of the United Oxford Hospitals have enabled me to interpret some of the controversial medical and dental evidence. Um, and then to go straight into a little bit of it, it says that there used to be a school of historical thought which held that the course of human history was determined largely by political and economic fa factors rather than by the characters and actions of individuals. My own experience during this last war has emphasized to me the immense and in some cases decisive influence exercised on the course of events by individual personalities. When I started reading this, I found this extremely interesting in the way that it was worded. It says that in the past, it has rarely been possible for the effects of the personality and character of individual leaders to be assessed other than by the study of documents. Their writings may have been recorded, their words may have been memorized, but the life had gone out of them. History written on such a basis is inevitably liable to distortion due to point of view or due to incomplete evidence. Here, on the other hand, we have the history written from living material. 
Mr. Trevor Roper, as an intelligence officer, was given the task of uncovering step-by-step the events of Hitler's last few weeks of life. In discharging this duty, he has produced a piece of history which is as living as it is accurate and as monumental as the scale of events he recalls. Although Hitler is dead, the agonies he brought in mankind are still alive, and however much mystery he attempted to weave around his personal activities, they have been laid bare by the flood of living testimony and the documentary material which has become available to Germany's uh, capitulation. Since there is no possibility of distortion in this case, Mr. Trevor Roper's story sets the seal on Nuremberg. Hitler was not one who prepared to allow history to follow any predetermined political or economic course. In megalomania fired by almost hypnotic personality, he set himself to determine the pattern of history of Europe for a thousand years. Here was a man who by ordinary standards would be judged insane. Yet it took the combined might of the British Commonwealth of the United States and of the Soviet Public Republic to pull Hitler's lunatic structure to the ground. It is not for me to attempt to point lessons to be drawn from this horrid madhouse which was Hitler's court, or from the fantastic debacle which it depicted in this record. I can only be unutterably thankful that the lunatic devotion of the madman's judgment pervaded every aspect of German activity. Never before has the truth of old saying been so conclusively borne out, whom the gods wish to destroy, they first make mad. May no nation in the world ever again allow itself to be led by a megalomaniac. And um, I thought that that kind of concluded in a whole or, or painted a good picture of what we were really expecting in the book. And we're going to go into a couple of the, the lines from the introduction after the second song. So do enjoy. Proximal and closer. 
tight situation now. Take these words home and think it through. off i'd like to just take note of the way that the book is written i really appreciate the author's mercy almost at the hand of laymen who are reading this book because it is written in a very uh, scholastic manner so there everything is correct everything is researched everything is properly in order but it also doesn't offer that rigidity of let's say a textbook so as you're reading it you can paint a picture of the kind of story he's telling Obviously, it is it is history. So we have seen movies and there has been depictions of what might have happened at that time. But the way that he writes does offer the, the reader really an opportunity to also explore that information with them. So I did enjoy that. And then um, just a couple of lines from the introduction to the third edition. It speaks of in September 1945, the circumstances of Hitler's death or the disappearance had been for five months dark and mysterious. Many versions of his death or escape had become current. Some stated that he had been killed fighting in Berlin, others that he had been murdered by officers in the Tiergarten. He was now supposed by some to have escaped, or by air or submarine, and was alleged to be living now in a midst enshrouded island in the Baltic. Now in Rhineland rock fortress, sometimes in a Spanish monastery or a South American ranch, or among the friendly bandits of the mountainous Albania. And the Russians, who were best in the position to illuminate the facts, had they wished to do so, preferred to perpetuate the obscurity. At one time, they declared Hitler dead. At another, they doubted their declaration. Later, they announced that they had discovered the corpses of both Hitler and Eva Braun and had identified them by their teeth. Later still, they accused the British of concealing Eva Braun and possibly, and probably Hitler, in the British zone of, of Germany. It was at the stage that the British intelligence authorities in Germany, believing that such mystification was an unnecessary embarrassment, decided to collect all available evidence to determine, if possible, the truth. And just to close it off there, I do highly advise that if anyone is even remotely interested in history, to pick the book up. I think that it's information that we've heard of and we perhaps have general knowledge of, but having in-depth knowledge of specifics really is beneficial in many ways so i would highly advise you read it if it is something that interests you i think it's not only a point of conversation where you can relate to others in conversation but it's also information that might clear up maybe some 
miscommunications or, or mis-evidence of information that you might have had. Um, so yeah, that's all from me. I do hope that you somehow enjoyed this and found it beneficial. I hope that uh, you have a good day further and that's all from me. And cheers. I'm so bold, I'm courageous They ask me where I get my strength How I'm so brave is cause I'm so bold, I'm courageous I get my strength from my goddess Where my faith is all up in these pages I read my bible, yes it's on the daily I read my bible, anytime I feel weak I read my bible, every time I need strength I read my bible for myself and not put my faith in God Ain't even worried about breaking even though I'm just trying to be the us I'm just trying to be the guy to make it out this size Trying to thrive not just get by Trusting God is what I live by Look at the road it's God's time It's God's time It's God's time Long as I breath in my lungs and blood in my veins You can know it's God's time It's God's time It's God's time You know that's why I'm so bold and entertained with Active FM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Anchor, and everywhere else. Engage with us, like the posts, comment, share them out, retweet, and repost. Spread the word, Active FM. Radio has never been better.